Hi everyone, welcome to Chapter Surfing, the podcast where each month I look at a TV show and the book that it's based on. This month we're talking about Black Sails, the Stars original series, uh, which is a prequel to Treasure Island by Robert Louis Stevenson. And my guest is Sarah Golub, podcaster, writer, and cultural commentator. Hi Lenny, uh, thank you so much for having me back on Channel Surfing. Uh, I'm really excited. <laughs> So, uh, Black Sails is a uh, TV show based on the children's adventure book, Treasure Island, uh, and it is a premium cable show with a lot of fucking, uh, which I love as a type of show. I would love for HBO to be like, Huck Finn probably had a lot of characters who were sucking and fucking. Why doesn't anyone talk about that? Yeah, it's, uh, what I love about it is that you just sort of imagine the pitch meeting for this show, and it's like, okay, so we've all read Treasure Island, and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you remember that fearsome pilot, that fearsome, yeah, you remember that fearsome pirate who's, like, everyone is terrified of? Let's just get really into, like, why he might have been sad. (laughs) That's the show. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so Sarah, what, uh, how much of a background do you have with Treasure Island? When you were a kid, uh, were you attached to any particular version of it? Did you like read it or watch the Muppet version or Treasure Planet or anything? Um, okay. So I do have like a very distinct childhood memory of, uh, being like really upset by the movie Muppet Treasure Island like in a good way when you're a kid and you're like it seems like something bad might happen I don't like that Uh, it's it's a great movie and it was just it was uh, too effective on me (laughs) okay so you are scarred by Muppet Treasure Island as a kid uh yes but I I recently rewatched that movie and I had apparently just forgotten everything about it except for that one scene so it's I um I went into Black Sails pretty blind about Treasure Island, like pretty no context besides the fact that like it existed and it is called Treasure Island, so at some point there will be treasure. Um, and um, then after I watched Black Sails, I finally read the book Treasure Island. Um, and then for this podcast, I did a a abridged rewatch of Black Sails and I did a full reread of Treasure Island and it is just very funny to revisit that series being like, oh wow, yeah, this is this is what they were drawing inspiration from. These are these are some leaps and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty similar uh as far as not having much of a background of Treasure Island. Um I like kind of remember watching Treasure Planet at like a class pizza party, but I don't remember anything about the movie. And when I started reading Treasure Island, I realized I think I read like the first 20 pages. I was like, oh, this is all familiar. Uh, But I had not remembered that at all. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I read Treasure Island for the first time after you suggested this for the podcast. And and then I read Black Sails after, since I know you had watched uh, watched Black Sails before. Uh, I read that the creators wanted to intend it that, like, uh, you could 
watch all of Black Sails and then go from the finale to starting Treasure Island, and that would be, like, a perfect place to pick up. <laughs> Which I don't think they accomplished. Yeah. Um, what is amazing to me about the creative choices in Black Sails is that like, especially, uh, like, re-watching the series uh, now, it's very clear that they, like, from day one had some plans in place. It's, like, a very meticulously crafted and planned out show. There's a lot of, like, moving pieces that they set up early that pay off later. And it's very clear that a lot of care and thought goes into it. And so the fact that they really don't seem interested at all in making the facts of what happened line up with the backstory <laughs> of Treasure Island, like, pretty incredible. Because <laughs> usually when that happens on a show, it's because, like, you can, you're like, yeah, they're just turning out episodes and no one gives a shit and they didn't realize that they, no, they, like, really put a lot of thought into it and they were still like, you know what, uh, why... Why would Flint give Billy that map? Uh, that's not a story we're interested in telling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I wanted to go through and talk about the characters that it has in common. Because it's really not very many. Um, so first there's Flint, who is not really a character in Treasure Island, but is a presence who they talk about a lot. Notably, uh, Long John Silver's parrot is named after him, which made me really excited to watch their dynamic <laughs> unfold. When I, uh, because I read the book second, I was truly like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Silva, what is this? <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, it's great because they, in this show... They start off as adversaries and they become like really close friends. Um, and then they end on kind of a weird note. I don't want to like overly spoil the shows. <laughs> they end on a weird note. Uh, <laughs> um, so it's just really, really fun that um, that whole time, uh, if you read the book first, you know that uh, Silver is going to get a pet parrot and name it <laughs> Captain Flint and just talk to it and be like, hey there, Captain Flint. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, good, good stuff. That's that's definitely an, a dynamic that still feels underexplored, despite being what the whole show is about. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I could have gone with more scenes of just um, Silver, like, meeting a parrot and being like, maybe I'll get a parrot one day, and, you know, just more of that. <laughs> um. So what did you think of Captain Flint just uh, in general, aside from comparing him to Treasure Island after? Do you mean in the, the show or the book? The, the show, sorry. Um, yeah, I love him a lot in the show. Um, I think he's like a really interesting take on um, sort of like, TV had that run of like, we're getting really into like troubled male anti-heroes. Mm. And I, I think he's a really fun and interesting version of that. Um, I, uh, I sort of tell people that like um, the thing with Black Sails is like it is like this bait and switch where it's like we're like Game of Thrones because Game of Thrones was huge when it came out. 
Um, and it's like, we've got a lot of violence and fucking and uh, there's tits on screen or whatever. And then like the bait and switch is that it's actually just sort of Mad Men, but with pirates, which is <laughs> a lot of, it's a lot of meetings and a lot of just people double crossing each other and being like, what's we, what are we going to do this week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good description. Um, yeah, Flint was definitely the character that it was like pretty easy to accept their interpretation of going in because you know there's very little about him in the book so mainly I was just like I really want uh Long John Silver to seem obsessed with him and that was that was all they had to do <laughs> to make me happy yeah they're um they get pretty obsessed with each other <laughs> um I think also if we're gonna talk about Flint um so, uh, spoiler for the show, I guess. Um, but this is a thing I was spoiled on, and it's the reason why I watched the show. <laughs> uh, is, um, they get into Flint's backstory, and, um, Flint's backstory is that he, um, fell in love with a man in England, and, um, obviously, uh, since that was illegal, uh, things went pretty wrong there. Uh, and... Flint was so mad at England for that that he uh, decided to become a pirate and his may his goal in the series as it goes on is to eventually like start like a war that he hopes will just take down the English Empire and that doesn't happen because the book does take place in the past and that didn't happen in real life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but I thought that was um. One, it's uh, it's just uh, it's nice to have some uh, incredibly angry queer rap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I really love the whole energy of this show being like, okay, the main character is a guy who does not appear in the book at all and is just mentioned, and also we're gonna make him gay. <laughs> yeah, he's, <laughs> and it's I think uh, what I was speaking to before about like that whole kind of anti-hero characters is it's like there's these characters like Don Draper or Walt Whitman or Tony Soprano who have these secret double lives uh for Don Draper it's like literally a stolen identity <laughs> and uh for the other two guys it's like crime stuff but I think it's um and there's in-show reasons why those men have these like very constructed personas but I think it's uh, it was about time that there was a anti-hero constructed persona guy who's who he's gay and he had to be in the closet because that's usually the reason why people have elaborate constructed personas. <laughs> yeah, it, I feel like that is something you bump up against with that anti-hero type a lot. Like I know I talked to one person while Mad Men was airing who said that their big theory was that uh, Don Draper was Jewish and then when you find out he's just like from a farm it's kind of a letdown yeah. as like a big secret um, so yeah it, it is nice having that thing of like an actual uh, identity that would lead you to construct it a, a double life like you said um, uh, yeah and then also it. the fact that like what I love about Black Sails is um I'm somebody who gets kind of caught up in, like, the moral universe of his show. Like, I love Always Sunny in Philadelphia because I love bad people just being awful and everyone in that world is awful. But then if you watch, like, 
when you watch Parks and Rec and everyone's mean to Jerry, like, that bothers me because I'm like, what did Jerry do? I just need the world to, like, I need to know what the sliding scale of this universe (laughs) is of, like, who is an asshole and who I'm rooting for. Um, And so a show like Black Sails along, like, Always Sunny or, like, Archer is it's just sort of, like, everyone's a murderer baseline everyone's a murderer and then the good guys or bad guys are just who seems like a tool about it (laughs) yeah um to prepare for this i read the uh the treasure island spark notes uh which is interesting to read um because it is like a 200 page book for children so it's like how much can they really scare up in terms of uh, observations (laughs) um what was interesting about it was it talked about how um the book is sort of like frustrated with uh, civil English society and you can see that like Jim recognizes that like the doctor and Trelawney and the captain are all like upstanding citizens who he respects to a degree but he doesn't like really give a shit about them and then as soon as he meets Long John Silver he's like actually like captivated and really uh, really interested in this person Um, and the the way the book plays out is kind of just like, uh, yeah, you you know, civil society kind of sucks and is stuffy and uninteresting, but uh, pirates will probably end up dead, so, you know. Um, and it's, like, kind of unsatisfying as a, as a like, theme in a book, but also very relatable. <laughs> and um, I do think, like, Black Sails thematically really does, like, uh get in there in a similar way of like trying to figure out like who you should admire and just being like i don't know everyone interesting kills people (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's um that's an interesting read on it i definitely when i was uh, reading the book and this might be colored by like the fact that i read black sale that i watched black sales first and that that show um hates society so much it hates it so much <laughs> like l- like i said like literally like by season four they're trying to start a war to like end civilization um so i i felt like that book had like real narc energy because like the the doctor and like trelawney and the captain are, are all like just sort of like well, here are the rules, and we're going to keep doing the British society rules, even though we are being hunted by pirates. And it's like, oh my god, come on. (laughs) Yeah, I absolutely agree with the narc energy. I spent a lot of time being mad because I was like, you're, like, the only thing that makes you different from the pirates wanting the treasure is that, like, you happen to be the person with the map right now. Like, they're very morally superior about just finders keepers. Yeah, the the child a child took an item off of a dead body. <laughs> not his, not his item, not a relative of his. Um, just a guest in his house, a guy he knew died, and he was like, "Okay, I'm gonna take this thing from your suitcase." <laughs> and then that entitled the adults who he told to a treasure. It's nonsense. <laughs> the. Um, the pirates plan in that book also is nonsense because it's like, I'm, 
had because Black Sills got me like caught up in like the rules of pirates, which also are the rules that Black Sills told me, and I have done. I actually have done a fair bit of research into pirates, but they were uh, the pirates in the Chinese seas, so I, I don't know. Um, not uh, yeah, not Western pirates. Um, but with pirates, everyone splits the the hall. Everyone gets a share, and I wonder if maybe the reason why there was a mutiny is because maybe those dudes who bought the boat were planning on just not splitting the treasure up with their crew. In <laughs> yeah. which case, like there should have been a mutiny. If I if I went on a trip and I found out that like, oh, my boss is going to leave this trip with like a million dollars, and me doing the work on this trip. I'm not going to be doing that. <laughs> I, yeah, I also would join a mutiny. I get it. Yeah, 100%. Also, uh, my favorite thing about the book is that, like, consistently every pirate is just constantly like, look, I like you, Jim. You're a good boy. I, I like you. You're great. You're a good boy, Jim. And I feel like uh, part of why it is such a good book for children is that it just does really tap into that, like, look, regardless of what what morals you have i don't care you should have the decency to like me and tell me i'm good <laughs> yeah, like it, i feel like the final note of uh long john silvers is just kind of like did he kill a lot of people yes did he also tell me i'm a good boy yes so who's to say if he's good or bad yeah it's it's fantastic and um yeah something that i tapped into doing such a close reread and rewatch is that um Jim Hawkins that they in the show they made Long John Silver in the early days kind of like um like a chaotic evil Jim Hawkins <laughs> <laughs> I I don't want to say a one to one because um Jim seems like ultimately a good person even though he is uh, a child who kills a man um mm -hmm. That that guy was also trying to kill him back, so it wasn't like, yeah. <laughs> um, but that sort of like the way that Jim is able to always um, take advantage of situations for the most interesting outcome. Like he's he doesn't have like a goal in mind. He's, <laughs> he is very reactive, but he's always he's a very he's also like very active in that he's always like. Okay, here's what we're doing. He's all in on whatever he's doing. He's scheming. He's talking to people. He's um he's stealing ships. He's going for it. And I think um, Black Sills did a good job of sort of making early days John Silver have that energy so that when you get to him in the book Treasure Island, you can see why he would see himself in this kid so strongly when he is generally a double-crossing asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that definitely makes sense. Uh, yeah, a thing I love about Jim is that uh, his, like, his character development happens so quickly. Um, like, at the start of the book, uh, there's this part that I just think is amazing. I was like, Jim Hawkins is an iconic passive protagonist because uh, the whole inciting incident is Trelawney and the Doctor are talking and are just like, okay, we'll go get the treasure, we'll get a ship, Jim will come too. And they just say all this stuff and we don't even get like a line that's like, 
I was excited to go on the trip with them. It's just these two adults plan the trip. Um, so it is really fun when then he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to take the ship and then kill a man. Yeah, it's, in, it's incredible. Um, God, it is so funny that back in the day you would just be like, and of course we're going to bring this child with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's 12 years old and it's about time he got a, his second job. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I kind of just pictured, like, Tom Holland. Like, I was like, I feel like we understand that kids used to be older. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, that is the thing. It's like, Jim did have a job at the inn. It was because his family owned it, and so he, but, like, he had a job. He was was cleaning (laughs) and shit. (laughs) So, Long John Silver is obviously the biggest book character who's also in the show. Um, I was a little jarred by him on the show i don't this is probably isn't like the writing of it but like the casting of the show is very funny because there's a lot of cw looking motherfuckers <laughs> there's a lot of people who very clearly stepped off a runway at new york fashion week <laughs> and immediately walked onto the show so i feel like i it took me a while to adjust and to just like stop being like Long John Silver's teeth are so white. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> they are the cleanest pirates in the world. It's so funny. Um, God, yeah, at least two of those actors went on to CW shows. <laughs> I think um, uh, Charles Vane went on to um, be like a... Oh, warlord or a bad guy or something in the 100 but maybe he's like a nice dad and i'm assuming because he's charles vane and it's the 100 uh i don't recall specifically Uh, and then um uh max who is uh i stupid three names uh jessica parker kennedy i think jessica parker kennedy yes uh went on to um play uh Nora Allen in The Flash where she is just cute as a button and you would never consider that she was a scheming prostitute (laughs) um so having read or having watched the show first uh were you surprised by Long John Silver in the book or like how did you feel uh reading it after watching the show um it is weird just because the story arc that they do for him is, it does feel like at some point they were like, oh, wait, this guy's in the book. <laughs> <laughs> um, here, here's a curveball. Um, so, the, uh, in, in the show, um, Long John Silva's uh, one and only like real love interest is um, this woman, uh, Madi, who is from a colony of uh, murdered like former slaves, or it's a, it's a colony where escaped people who are being like trafficked uh, got away from society and made their own little uh, own little town. Um, and she, but the end of the series is kind of like, oh, we are absolutely not dating anymore because you're a huge sellout and I have, uh, moral principles. <laughs> um, 
And so the idea that she, as, like, a political leader in this town, possibly runs off to England with John Silva to start to open a bar is very funny and i want a whole i want a sequel to black sales prequel to treasure island that's just about if john and maddie open a bar together (laughs) um i think much more likely um he is just happening he marries a woman who also happens to be black uh unrelated to that relationship but it is very funny imagining that it is just the same woman who is like, you know what, I've come around, let's go to England and open a bar, baby! Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, they have a lot of fun with the fact that, like, the only thing we really know about Long John Silver's personal life is that he's married to a black woman, because also, like, his very first interaction with Jessica Parker Kennedy feels more significant because of that, you're like, oh, the one thing I know about him is that he has a black wife. This is going to be a thing. So it's kind of fun when they're just, like, have some great sex and then are bros. Yeah. <laughs> they, their relationship is so fun. They don't get a lot of scenes together, but it's I think it's one of those things where characters are, like, so similar that they're like, we're not even going to get into this. They're both such little schemers that they're like, you know what? It's, uh, why even pretend? Why even pretend? <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's very funny. It, yeah, it was very funny to me reading the books to be like, oh, he opens a bar, and oh, I guess he possibly marries Madi, or at least he settles down with someone. Uh, <laughs> and then it's, um... It's, yeah, it's ultimately, like, a tragedy that he goes back to this island because in the spoilers for the, like, very, very end of the show, um, we've spoiled a lot, but, you know, I just, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all been vague character notes. Um, Flint wants to uh, keep the treasure um, to sort of finance this war with England and Europe and, you know, the civilization which is uh you know he's got some good points civilization is bad um (laughs) he wants yeah he wants the his treasure to help finance that and um so he and silva wants to uh give it up to uh england so that you know he can like he can leave and be with his wife and be happy um and so Flint buries it, and then Flint, like, Flint's the only one who knows where it is, uh, and they're on their way to get it, and uh, Flint's like, okay, I'm not actually going to show you where the treasure is until you promise me that, like, you're not going to just give this to England. <laughs> and Silva's like, here's the thing, is I'm, pr- I'm probably going to give it to um, So it's like, it's, I think that is an interesting character thing where like flint is like you will one day get bored of your life and you're gonna look back on this moment and you're gonna regret it and it's it's interesting that that's sort of the note that they chose to end on with silver thinking that he doesn't want the treasure and mm-hmm. then um in the book he says he's 50 and uh i don't know how old he's supposed to be in the show because care 
they never cast actors that are the appropriate age, <laughs> but like I'm imagining he's in his twenties, maybe at most thirty in the show. So it's like thirty or twenty years later, he is like, "Fuck, I want that gold." <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I got, I gotta um, do whatever I gotta do to steal this treasure back um, because I uh, bluff called. I got a job and I hate it. <laughs> um. So I think that's that's interesting. I think um, I yeah, it's it's a bit of a curveball character arc to be like he will decide he doesn't want treasure, and that's where we're going to end the series and with <laughs> everyone knowing that he changes his mind. But uh, also, I've got this theory that every prequel is a tragedy, and that's mm-hmm. I think an interesting take on that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the next uh, character I have on this list is, I think, the saddest character if you read the book first, uh, Billy Bones. Because uh, even though, like, you know Flint is going to die at some point, I feel like that's not as sad um, as just, like, Billy Bones becoming, like, a decrepit, drunken old man. <laughs> uh, he, Poor you're Billy. just like, oh, buddy. <laughs> uh, I know, Billy has that um i talked about the moral universe of the show before like billy has this unfortunate thing um and this is also just sort of like my personal feelings on the character i know not everyone feels this way about about billy but like he is sort of the douchebag asshole character because he's the one trying to stop uh like he's the one interfering with silver and flint's whole deal um, he wants to, like, kind of, uh, break them up because they're too powerful together. And, like, he's not morally worse than them in any regard at all because they are murderous pirates. <laughs> it's just that in the show you're like, God, Billy, just let them be, do the weird <laughs> little thing. I don't care that they're trying to kill lots and lots of people. Like, they're, they've got a vibe going and you're ruining it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, poor, poor Billy. Um, Billy at the very end of the show ends up on Skeleton Island, and somehow he gets off of there, and I am actually assuming that that's why he has the map, is just, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and assume that actually he just found the treasure, marked it on a map, (laughs) and then when he got picked up, he didn't want to, like, bring a giant thing of gold with him. <laughs> he was like, oh, maybe I'll go back. But, uh... Yeah. I'm in, in defense to Black Seal's uh, final three episodes that take place on Skeleton <laughs> Island, in no way corresponding to the book's backstory. The book's backstory doesn't actually make a lot of sense if you... On this reread, I was, like, having a particular focus on, like, if I were to write the backstory of this book you know like reverse engineer if i were to do a black sales what what events would need to happen and i realized that it was kind of nonsense because it's like okay so they were all on a ship together like 20 or 30 years ago captain flint went onto an island with a bunch of gold buried it came back onto his ship was like okay guys the treasure's buried they just went on doing pirate adventures (laughs) after that And then 
they were like all with Flint when he died of drinking to get death in Savannah and for some some reason only Billy was given the map <laughs> and then no one has been able to find Billy since then and they've been hunting him to get that map how that just is nonsense <laughs> it's a yeah. nonsense backstory <laughs> and I I get why they were just sort of like you know what no <laughs> We're not even going to bother explaining what the fuck happened there. Yeah, it is a very weird situation. Uh, what I find very endearing about it is that it seems like all these people are like working so hard scheming to get this map off of this sad, decrepit drunk. And it's like, why is that so hard? And the answer is just that they are also sad and decrepit. Yeah. Uh, I like the the old man fight aspect of it of it just being like it it's been hard to find billy because one of them is literally a blind guy wandering around asking people like have you seen someone named billy bones around here i can't tell and i don't know where i am i know and it's it's also so funny because the um the series black sails take place takes place on this island uh nasa which is in the bahamas and so the fact that like the whole crew ended up in the same eight mile radius in England is so funny <laughs> that they like John John Silver opened a bar in this town. He's continuing to use the same name he used as a pirate. Um, <laughs> and Billy goes to an inn that's like nearby, and he's like. I just got a bad feeling that this is about, say, a three-mile walk from where John John Silver is. And at any point, he's just going to show up. And uh, that's pretty much what happens. <laughs> it also feels like the the backstory from the book would not be that interesting because it's the, he also has this, like, ledger that shows, like, how he did all these pirate jobs and got various payment for all his little pirate jobs so it just feels like a like canon prequel would just be them like working so they can put more gold in this like hoard to eventually dig up which is like why would you even be a pirate if not for like instant gratification if i'm just gonna be like working all these jobs so i can eventually get treasure when I'm 50, I would just, like, get a regular job with a retirement fund. Right? Um, yeah, I think uh, I think the show did um, had a really smart move uh, with there being sort of this ridiculous amount of gold uh, in um, that, that treasure ship that they're tracking. Um, because there's, a, there's this fun, um, like, MacGuffin aspect to it the whole series where everyone is chasing this uh everyone's trying to steal like this giant hall of gold and you the audience if you have read treasure island you know that no one's getting it (laughs) so many people die and so many people and so much time and energy go into it and it like people get it but it just it keeps changing hands and you know ultimately it's just going to end up in a hole (laughs) It's going to go to a teenage boy who's nice. What could be a better ending than that? Exactly. Uh... I do think if, 
for some reason me and all my friends were in like a fight over a treasure, I would be like, you know, I do hope that if none of us gets this, it goes to a teenager who's nice. Yeah. Just a kid who's going to take care of his mom. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, let's talk about how ripped Billy Bones is in that show. It's comical. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I It kind of uh, is not to my taste because I really like in Black Sails how everyone is just like an old dad. And I feel like... Uh, if I made a Treasure Island show, it would be like J.K. Simmons and Sean Bean are just like riding around telling young boys they're good boys, being everybody's dad who sometimes kills people. Um, but yeah, obviously it is a prequel and uh, a big part of prequels is being like, let's imagine that for some reason this guy was model handsome when he was 20. Yeah. Doesn't even doesn't even do it for me. It's just he's comically ripped compared. Like <laughs> and, and they're all pirates, and he's the only one who's super ripped. <laughs> <laughs> okay, v- Vane is also very ripped. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they just really want it to be impressive that Billy Bones, by the time he's fifty, has had enough rum to just completely destroy <laughs> that body. He's not even like actually like disabled like a lot of them he's just like so drunk that he's weak as a kitten at that point yeah it's uh yeah if treasure island the book has any moral it's just that you should not drink rum (laughs) with such frequency because it'll it'll just wreck you yeah the spark notes was literally like rum was considered bad for you, not like the wine that the sophisticated characters are always drinking. <laughs> Wine's good for your heart, you know, because it's a <laughs> Oh, um, here's something I want to talk about. I took um, a screenshot of the uh, the digital version of this book. Hold on. I saw uh, yeah, I want to talk about how, okay, they describe, uh, in the book, they describe Flint as ugly, which, uh, is not the case <laughs> in the show. <laughs> uh, you know, he's, he's an older gentleman and he's always covered in blood, but besides that, quite handsome. Uh, <laughs> and if you're me, that's all part, uh, that's all handsome. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, they're, they're talking about... Uh, the walrus, which is the Flint's ship, and, uh, yeah. One fine day, uh, up went the signal, and here comes Flint by himself in a little bloat. Okay. One fine day, up went the signal, and here comes Flint by himself in a little boat, and his head done up in a blue scarf. This, <laughs> just, and I like that little detail that he's got. He's, uh, just a fashionable little guy. <laughs> uh, I do, uh, I do like the idea that the creators of the show just, like, remembered the word scarf and that sunk in and then they made him the gay character. <laughs> yeah, in the in the pilot he does, uh, he's, uh, he's wearing a headscarf that he, like, takes off for the reveal of, like, you know, his face and that's the first time you see Flint. And I love so much that, yeah, they were like, okay, blue scarf, got it, that's your main <laughs> defining trait. <laughs> That and you, for some reason, um, you were scared of silver and silver is obsessed with you. Yeah. 
Um, so I also wanted to talk about Israel Hands, uh, who's a character in the book. And I found out when I was researching this that he was also a real guy. Oh, yeah. Um, um, I did not know that he was a character and a real guy. But <laughs> I did want to say that a lot of the characters in Black Sails are just real pirates. That's well. their deal. <laughs> Continue. Um, yeah, I think he was... I skipped forward in the show a little bit so that I could uh, check check out his real hands. And he was the one who sort of, like, worked for me the most and, like, popped after reading the book. Because uh, he is, like, appropriately scary. And a lot of this show is, like, what if these bad guy pirates were just uh, handsome, charming young men? <laughs> Yeah, definitely, like, my first watch of a lot of the minor characters just sort of disappeared in the background for me that first watch because there's so many goddamn pirates. <laughs> and so um, on rewatch, I was like, oh, that's Hans. Oh, that's Ben Gunn. <laughs> like, I legit thought that Ben Gunn wasn't in this series and it was just because that was, like, to me, a forgettable character at that time. But on rewatch, knowing it's Ben Gunn every time that little Ben Gunn is on screen, I'm like, look at this twitchy little guy. This guy's ready to lose it at a moment's notice. You could lose him in a mall and he'd lose it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, Israel Hands is, one, yeah, they, they do a good job of making him, for some reason, ride or die for Silver. <laughs> he's, he's all in on Team Silver. And then, yeah, just uh, looking like a guy who's good at... He, he'll kill a kid if he has to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is weird because that is the one book character that I actually pictured hot. I really <laughs> pictured him like Eli Roth. Um, so him being the ugliest one in the show uh, threw me personally for a loop. <laughs> so then the final book character I wanted to get to is uh, Ben Gunn. Uh, I think it's very fun that they decided his main character trait is being marooned on an island, and that's just what he's spent 90% of his life doing. Yeah. Um, a, uh, a smart move, in my opinion, for the, uh, for Black Sills' adaptation is in, uh, his first episode, he is, yeah, he is marooned on an island, but it's because, um, he was part of a slaving vessel that, uh, that crashed or got, uh, taken uh, by this, uh, moon slave colony, and so you're like, oh, so he deserves it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fun, because I feel like in, um, in the book, there's almost this sense of, like, he acts more like a British gentleman than the other pirates, and therefore he's morally better, uh, which, uh, reading the book, I was not really on board with at all, yeah. and is definitely that narc energy you were talking about um so yeah i do love them being like oh he acts like a british gentleman so he would be a slaver yeah <laughs> he's uh he's bad he's a bad dude uh and he's he's just um god yeah they they have this fun scene where um when he's on the boat outside of skeleton island um he's just sort of like looking into the island and he's like i'm hearing voices already <laughs> it's just this dude, uh, in the in the book, his backstory is actually that like he he never went on the island with Flint because everyone who went on the island with Flint died, um, and then 
he what with some other pirate group talked to him into going to this island because he wanted to look for the treasure and then they left him when uh, they were like you wasted our time <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh that also is kind of fully on him uh <laughs> They were like, you can get on the ship or you can look for that gold. And he was like, I'm going to take my chances with the island. Uh, <laughs> oh, Ben Gunn. <laughs> yes. I love the detail in the book where he says how much he misses cheese. And then the doctor is like, oh, good. I've been carrying around a piece of cheese in this tobacco case. Uh, that is that is a delightful detail. Yeah. Um, I don't chew tobacco. It's just for this piece of monster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, I, I, I don't even like cheese, but that is one of the few moments in the book where you're like, okay, yeah, this is the point of civilization, right? <laughs> is that you, you, can get, you have access to cheese. You have access to just foods that you don't personally make. You do not have to hunt everything yourself. <laughs> um, all right, so let's talk about, uh, now that we've talked about all the characters who are also in the book, uh, Let's talk about Max, the Jessica Parker Kennedy character, because I thought she was far and away the best character. Like, by far, I was just immediately like, this is the interesting story. And also, Jessica Parker Kennedy is acting circles around everyone else. Yeah, she's uh, she's amazing. Max is a fantastic character. Um, if you're going to watch the show for Max, I would like to just uh, give everyone a warning that her season one storyline uh, involves rape in a way where I don't think that they needed to. It does serve story function, and it isn't, like, titillating, but it definitely is, like, so much more rape than we need to have on that show. Uh, <laughs> and that after that series low point, um, she has very good storylines and is very con in control of her narrative for the rest of the series, and I just <laughs> want to give people a heads up on that. Um... Yeah, they, I, I get why in the room they were like, we need a reason for them to kill an entire crew of uh, pirates. We need something bad enough to justify killing a whole crew. Um, I just don't think it needed to be on the show. That's all. <laughs> That's fair. But yes, Max is amazing. Um, it's just really neat that the show yeah just uh they're like okay so obviously captain flint the scariest pirate ever um he's a gay man who loves his boyfriend <laughs> a lot and uh max uh the uh sexy prostitute of course she's a lesbian who's very committed to a trash goblin girlfriend That's just, <laughs> uh just uh fantastic all around <laughs> yeah it has uh, just so much on-screen lesbian sex. Uh, really big kudos to them. Uh, it was especially exciting because uh, I first know Jessica Parker Kennedy from The Secret Circle where uh, they made her character straight. It was like she was supposed to be in love with uh, Phoebe Tonkin and then they were like, oh, actually, what if she had a thing for bad boys? Um, so it's very exciting that in everything since then, she's just been extremely gay. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? She's great at it. Um, yeah. Really good uh, longing eyes. Just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Ma Max is such a great character. And just now all I can think about is how pretty she is. <laughs> she's wearing eyeliner in every scene, even like ones where she's like in the bath or sleeping. <laughs> it's just. 
24-7 eyeliner. Yeah, um, every, everyone in the show looks insanely good. I feel like when there's, like, full frontal and someone has, like, a huge bush, that's, like, their weird concession to historical accuracy. And it's, like, that's that's not enough for me to buy <laughs> this. <laughs> I know, yeah, just the, the cruise full of pirates shaved chest shirt. <laughs> um, but, uh... In season one, I think uh, Max's relationship with Eleanor is really good. I feel like uh, I feel like very few shows pull off the thing of like having a great couple and then uh, having them part ways in a way where I'm like sincerely like, oh yeah, I see why you can't be with that person for at least like a little a little while to be like, hey man. <laughs> That's not cool. Um, I just feel like so so few couples on TV have like any sort of believable obstacle uh, once they're not together anymore. And I feel like uh, Black Sails uh, took me on a journey with them. Yeah, they've uh, yeah Max and Le- Max and Eleanor are a really interesting relationship um, because yeah I I skipped to like the final three episodes of the series. Um, somewhere in there, Max has a really great speech about how. Um, when she was Eleanor's lover, um, she learned a lot about, uh, Eleanor's strengths, and when she was Eleanor's, um, rival and enemy, she learned a lot about how to avoid Eleanor's mistakes, and sort of just how that relationship, while it was a romantic and sexual relationship, like, also was just sort of a defining, like, general person and character foil for her, which is, a uh, Something you don't see a lot of, you don't see enough on TV. Usually on TV, when there are queer storylines, either, like, they never touch or they're just, like, a cute little couple and then there's no (laughs) real, like, actual depth to their relationship outside of them dating. (laughs) Yeah, I like that with Max, like, it is an actual important thing to her story that she's uh, very good at sucking and fucking with chicks. Yeah. Uh... (laughs) Her other love interest, Anne, um, I also really like, uh, who I think is supposed to come off like the like less attractive butch one, but she's literally just wearing a hat. Like they put, uh, they go to all the trouble of having like full makeup and waxed eyebrows and everything and then put a hat on her. Um, but uh, I really enjoy uh, the dynamic after Max has sex with her, uh, where she's talking to her boyfriend and is like, yeah, her whole thing was that uh, she needed good lesbian sex with me, and Anne's boyfriend is like, yeah, that's that's fine. Yeah. I get that. Uh, yeah, so um, uh, Anne Bonnie and uh, Jack Rackham are real pirates who existed. Mm. Um, Calico Jack, and then Anne Bonnie doesn't have a nickname. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Or, or her nickname was Anne Bonnie. Um, and um, skipping a little ahead to Jack, uh, Calico Jack's, uh, what he's famous for as a pilot, uh, oh my god, what he's famous for as a pirate is um, his, uh, his flag was the, um, the Jolly Rogers flag, which is that skull and crossbones thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also that he was one of the few captains that actually had uh, female pirates on his crew. Um, so Anne Bonnie was one of them, and she historically 
Um, this is one of those, like, historical references. She dressed as a man, but, like, it seemed like everyone knows that she was a woman, so I think she was just wearing pants. Yeah, and then she just were, looks like, like a stylish woman. Yeah, she, it's like, oh, she's dressed as, and it's like, no, just if you're on a ship, you're wearing pants, because <laughs> otherwise you're going to get caught in something. Um, so I like that they, they were like, okay, so here are these historical, uh, lovers on pirate and a pirate ship which is already like a pretty interesting dynamic guys (laughs) and then they were like well you know let's go a step further she's wearing pants maybe she's a lesbian let's just (laughs) let's let's go for it um but yeah the the jack and max relationship is so fun because the three of them are in like in season one, they sort of uh, go into business together, and then it's sort of this push-pull thing of just sort of, like, Anne's dating both of them, <laughs> but Jack and Max hate each other, but Jack and Max are also like, but you make me a lot of money, and we get along, and we are both very pragmatic business people, and we want Anne to be happy, and it's a, it's a nice little thing. <laughs> yeah, that... That relationship was definitely uh, one of the compelling, most compelling parts for me. And I felt like uh, Jack, for how s- relatively small a character he was, was like definitely one of the most uh, charismatic actors and one of the people who actually popped. And I sort of felt like he should have been playing Long John Silver, personally. Because <laughs> the, the Long John Silver guy is basically like they... Uh, they just like said the words cable TV show male lead and then he appeared. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess the yeah, the thing with Long John Silver just being like a hot guy is that mm-hmm. who like isn't actually that charismatic is that there is a kind of funny level to the fact that everyone is like, and I trust you, right? And he's like, <laughs> do you? <laughs> and they're like, don't know why I wouldn't get tra- Here's my life savings and uh, here's a gun. And he's like, okay. Uh, <laughs> He's, uh, the actors definitely at least having fun with, uh, playing, like, and, okay, yeah, you trust me. (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely a lot of moments in the book Treasure Island with, like, where he's describing, like, how deeply trustworthy, um, Dong John Silver is, where you're like, I'm 90% sure you just think this guy's handsome. Like, he has done nothing to demonstrate trustworthiness or good character at any point. Yeah, it seems like what he does is just listen to people. And, you know what, in the 1700s, if someone listened to you, you were like, obviously this is a a true gentleman and I would lay down my life for him. (laughs) Yeah, Jack's a lot of fun because they cast a scrawny guy and then, like, his main character thing is just him being like, yes, I have aligned myself with um, this woman who is physically smaller than me but is much better at killing people and everyone (laughs) is scared of her. And then the biggest jock I could find. (laughs) I love love Anne Bonnie in the show because, like, yeah, they cast a supermodel but then they, like, put dirt on her face and just don't show her and just have her, like, scrunched in and covering her face at all times. And so... Yeah, she really has the vibe of, like, um, when your high school drama program casts, like, the mean girl who gets all the lead parts as, like, the male lead because none of the boys are good enough actors. Like, that is exactly what she looks like is, like, 
a senior who would make fun of my outfit, but she's playing Long John Silver in a play. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just love that is that she's she's so stunningly beautiful, but her character is mad about it. <laughs> her char- yeah, her character is always like, why are you being nice to me? Uh, fuck, <laughs> fuck you, fuck off, I'll stab you. And then Max is like, you sweet little angel, I love you. Just- <laughs> She never says more than, like, five words, and she's real stab-happy, and then just, like, uh, Jack and Max, who are, like, two of the smartest, most eloquent characters on this show, are like, that's my baby! (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, Sarah, do you have anything else you wanted to say about Black Sails or Treasure Island? Uh, okay, I do. Let me look at my little notes. Um... Okay, can we talk about how bad the original title to Treasure Island was? <laughs> according to Wikipedia, it was The Sea Cook, colon, A Story for Boys. Yes. I don't think a Black Sills would have been made if it was the sequel, if it was the prequel <laughs> to a, The Sea Cook. <laughs> I love that it's a story for boys. I can't, yeah. <laughs> I can't disagree. It seems like a good story for boys. Yeah, I, um... Yeah, I'll, I'll say this about the book as well, is, like, I was, I was expecting it to be, you know, like, not great. One, um, old books are just usually kind of boring. Mm-hmm. And I say this is someone who reads a lot of old books, that's why I know. Uh, <laughs> um, but also I was, um, expecting it to be, like, it's about a bunch of British guys who go to an island. So I was worried that it was gonna get, like, really racist and mm-hmm. colonial. <laughs> Yeah, when he first uh, when he first sees Ben Gunn and is like, "Oh, I think I see some sort of animal, like some sort of giant monkey." I was immediately like, "Oh no!" <laughs> and it was a big relief that it was just a white guy who was running fast. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's the vibe of the the book. Is like you get the feeling that like had they encountered people, yeah, would have become racist, but that's the story wasn't about that. The story was about how fucked up uh white people are and it was like, Great, perfect, let's stay on board with this. <laughs> yeah. It's also funny that uh Long John Silvers is married to a black woman and they specifically call her a woman of color, which yeah. I didn't think was a phrase then. Yeah, when I uh heard that in my audiobook, I thought that they had like changed it to me like because that's that's the current pc term and no that's just been going on since the 1700s yeah good good for robert louis stevenson yeah yeah i uh i love the the sh- yeah if i have also i'll say this because it's been um it's it's timely if i have one big complaint with the show it's that um there aren't any sea shanties in it <laughs> like what yeah. the shit like Billy I wish in the book loves singing she shanties. Bring in that energy back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I uh I wish there was more of that shit. Like every basically every single time they show a boat on the water, I'm like, wow, I love that. It's so it's so easy to make me be like, oh wow, they're on a ship on the ocean. And um just uh, given how enjoyable that was, I feel like there was not enough. They spend a lot of time in houses in landlocked cities. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I do love the show, and I think, yeah, I think it's a really well done, fun show. Um, I like that it is, 
focused on, you know, like, yeah, it's a show about pirates. It fully doesn't need to um, have three queer female leads. <laughs> um just yeah just uh they didn't need to do that and they did and that's fantastic um yeah it uh i feel like so much uh stuff that is like influenced by game of thrones uh has that like ethos of like we'll show like a, a random person's boobs and then she'll go away and i just feel like it's so much sexier to be like we're showing these two women fuck a lot uh, in detail and we, like, know who they are and what their dynamic is. Like, that's just objectively better porn, in my opinion. Yeah, and it, it creates much higher stakes to be like, oh, I can never betray this person when you're like, yeah, no, it's, we saw you fucking in it. <laughs> She's really into it. She's not going to let you do that again. Oh, <laughs> uh, God, there's... <laughs> Um, there are these two minor, uh, characters, um, it's, uh, Adele and, uh, Featherstone, where they are introduced because Adele, the prostitute, is like, okay, I found this dumb guy, and if I, uh, if I, uh, if I tongue his butt, he'll, like, he'll tell me anything. <laughs> and then he, like, becomes a real character, and he's one of the only characters with, like, a really happy ending. <laughs> just because he liked getting rimmed that one time <laughs> yeah yeah that's a good um, show yeah like game of thrones is just sort of like we'll just do fucking for the sake of it and i feel like uh black seals was like no we're gonna have fun with this <laughs> <laughs> and then also i just i i think it's definitely with you know uh late stage capitalism which i think we, i'd like to wrap up uh <laughs> uh it's Given that the show was took place like really early in American, um, America getting colonized, like, uh, and the fact that it is kind of about like, what if we could just stop England now? I think <laughs> it's uh, it's a really interesting take on that time period to be like, yeah, uh, we actually didn't have to do this. Like, we <laughs> don't have to live like this. We only think we do because it's what we've been doing but like we could just stop we could just stop acting like this <laughs> uh and it's it's really good at showing like the hypocrisy of governments and the way that uh you know who who gets kicked out of polite society and also like how everyone is kind of bad but also how like they get it it is nice at some point you do want to just like be safe in a house with the people you love <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, just a just a good fun show uh hates uh hates england Fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was really uh that was really the twist uh this ip needed because definitely when you read treasure island and you get to a part where they're like uh, I I respect the flag of England, not like this this low life pirate. You're just like fuck you, dude. God, I know, yeah. Just <laughs> you have no understanding of who I'm rooting for. Yeah, Jim is to like twelve, so I'll give him a pass. But him being like, and we gotta put the flag back up, <laughs> like right now. Reading that book after like a bunch of neo Nazis stormed the Capitol, I'm like, you know, I think we're all like a little over. <laughs> patriotism as a concept 
just just be gay do crimes that's all yeah. <laughs> all right well shall we uh rate this and then give some recommendations hell yeah <laughs> right. uh so i thought treasure island was a pretty solid read it definitely, like you said, old books are boring, and it makes certain choices like uh, the whole section when they switch to a less interesting narrator for, like, <laughs> no reason. Um, but uh, overall, I think it's a pretty solid, fun adventure, so I'm going to give it three stars. And then Black Sails, I like. Sometimes I have a little bit of trouble paying attention to it. It's not, like wall-to-wall thrills for me um but i think the the max storyline is truly amazing and just something you you don't really see on tv uh so i'm gonna overall give black sales 3.5 stars yeah i think i'd give treasure island 3.5 or 4 stars overall um mostly because i think if i had like read it as like if because it's for kids i think if i had read it younger i would have been more into it um, I did like it a lot and it was a lot of fun, but it was definitely like, I've read it twice now and like, I have already forgotten a lot of details of it because <laughs> it's just like purely a popcorn read. Um, so I think it kind of loses points for that, but I also think that's like more of a, if you haven't checked it out, that's more of a reason to check it out because it's like mostly fun. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's just, a, it's a little sea adventure. Um, <laughs> and then, uh. I'll do it. I'll give Black Sails uh, five stars. I think Hell yeah. season one is kind of like a slow burn, uh, but then once uh, once I can get past that, like it's, uh, uh, I, I find it really gripping and really smart, and um, it's it is so cool to see those sea battles. I uh, I don't know what it is. It's just it's a fun time. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. So I'd like to end on a recommendation. Uh, since I liked Black Sails, the TV show, better than Treasure Island, the book, I'm going to recommend a book for fans of Black Sails. And I'm going to recommend the book The Hundred by Cass Morgan, which is also uh, just sexy people making moves in the middle of just a crushing uh, capitalist environment. Yeah, so um, because I like Black Sails better, I'm going to do recommendations based off of that. I think um, so... TV wise, if you really like, um, you know, the the plotting and the men on ships aspect of Black Sails, the more like, um, the more seafaring men trapped together aspect of it, uh, I would really recommend season one of The Terror, which is um, this sort of horror uh, isolation thriller um, that you can watch on Hulu. It's an AMC show. Um, but it does, like, vaguely feel like it hates gay people. Not, mm-hmm. like, in an intentional way. It's just that there's, uh, there are two gay guys and things go really bad for them and one of them's awful. Uh, um, and then if what you like about Black Sails is just, um, seeing a bunch of, uh, queer people in some sort of constant power struggle that ultimately goes nowhere, and you also like arbitrary uh, prequel series that don't necessarily need to exist, I would recommend Gotham. (laughs) (laughs) Um, on some level, the whole, like, Flint and Eleanor is just, uh, Penguin and Barbara. Like, on some (laughs) level, that's just what that is. Um, and then 
if um because i was supposed to recommend a book and i just sort of forgot uh if you like books about piracy i would really i would really recommend this book uh cinnamon and gunpowder by eli brown um which is about um this cook who gets captured by a pirate ship with a female captain and he starts off very um uh his narration starts off very like oh, these pirates are so awful, and I'm a good English gentleman, and I'm a, you know, good Christian, and blah 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 and then just sort of as he sees, um, as he gets to know the pirates, and as he uh, sort of gradually falls in love with uh, the female captain, he sort of, he be, he changes, and he gets really on board with the pirate thing. Uh, <laughs> that sounds good. Is that like a, a recent book, or? Oh, uh, published 2013. Okay, cool. Uh, Sarah, thank you for joining me. Would you like to plug some stuff? I would love to plug some stuff. Um, You can find me um, on Twitter at Sarah Golub, and I have a audio drama podcast called um, Arden. uh, That is at Arden Pod on Twitter, and that is a um, sort of a mystery comedy about uh, two women, Bia and Brenda, who investigate cold cases. Uh, Season one is about um, a missing starlet. And then season two is um, about this woman who believes her father was murdered on a farm. Uh, Lenny helped write season two. Um, Both are available now for free on your podcast of choice. Um, They're both uh, completed mysteries even though like this, the characters are serialized, but if you uh, if you just want to listen to a full mystery, no loose ends, um, you can do that. Um, and then I also have a podcast called Historical Hookups. You can find that at Historical Hooks. And we have an episode on this female pirate. Let me, uh, Chinchi. Uh, so uh, if you want to learn about um, the most successful pirate of all time. That's not the most successful female pirate. That's the most successful pirate at all. Um, Listen to our episode on Ching-Chi. Nice. All right. Well, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Lenny Burnham. Follow the show at Chapter Surfing. And search Lenny Burnham on Patreon if you want to get episodes early. And, of course, check out all the great other podcasts on the Major Cast Network. Thank you for listening, everybody. falsehoods do you want to learn the not truths do you want to go to hell join eric mcadams alea Lockney, and liam senior as they go to hell we are experts <laughs> is a podcast on the major cast network each episode we take a topic we know nothing about and speculate wildly till our hearts content and then they sort of learn a little bit about the real topic at the end but not too much just a little tune into we are experts wherever you get podcasts, whenever we feel like posting it. Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network. Stay fun, stay nasty, and stay major.